friendship forged in music, a partnership in its fourth decade, a lifetime in pursuit of the perfect song, and a community built along the way. 14 studio albums and another one in the wings. The band is Sky Diggers. This is Employee of the Myth. Track three, Hide Your Light. And now, in conversation with Jane Gowan of the Music Buddy podcast, Andy Mays and Josh Finlayson. Skydiggers. Hide your light, bide your time. Would you see this as a Skydiggers mantra, almost, that phrase? I mean, how did you come up with those lyrics and what were you thinking at the time about this? Because it is something that you guys are very good at, being humble, being modest, deferring to others, shining the light on other people. Um, that phrase was a phrase I came across uh, reading an article at some point, and it, it just resonated with me, and I just thought I obviously must have written it down. And uh, and the verses to that song had been around for a while, um, uh, and I know I had played Andy uh, the verse and the feel of the verse, um, and, the and the lyric, the first verse, I remember writing it, uh, when our friend Gore Downey was sick and around the time that the hip did their last tour and then he did the uh, the secret past stuff like it was all through that period that was a you know just something I was thinking about like how he connected to so many people through that time and what you know what that connection was and uh, I remember playing that part of it to Andy at some point and it was you know like it 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 it, it, I'd sort of gotten it to a certain point as you often do with songs and then I just didn't know what else to do with it and then during the pandemic um, I think it's when I read the, the hide your light, bide your time line mm -hmm. and I thought mm, maybe those could work together so I uh, that's how the song evolved and mm -hmm. that's uh, and I think what appealed to me about that expression as well part of what resonated with me was it was as much about community as you, you asked about our, you know, being humble. And I mean, whether that's true, I don't know. But but I think we have been very fortunate to be part of, you know, a very a much larger community of songwriters and musicians and artists. And uh, uh, so I think that, that and you, you mentioned Gord as well you know, also shining the light on other people and was always so great at that. I think that that's a sign, of, you, you know, those, when you have people around you doing good things, it brings the best out in you. Mm -hmm. And you played in his band for many, mm -hmm. many years. Yeah. You, you knew him all very the, well. Most of the so, almost all the solo stuff that he did. And, and that was a great experience for me because it was very different from the Sky Diggers, you know, like, and it was, it was much... Uh, kind of looser and uh, you know it, it intuitive and you know it could it could come off the rails at times but that was sort of part of its charm or not depending if you were if you liked it or didn't but it, right. it certainly was a great experience and education for me that country of miracles band was mm -hmm. what a band really you know? cool yeah you know you you have created this community not only of the people you play with but also your audience members i mean it's become such a large sort of family in a way each relationship has just created something that 
makes the band more special in a way. Someone like Jesse Bell Smith, who's on this track, right? Singing harmony with you, Josh. <laughs> I mean, just the addition of her, just when she came in, what that added. And what was your decision on this song to bring the two of you doing vocals all the way through on this one? Well, we really wanted to get Jesse onto this record because she's a, a big part of, and has been a big part of what we've been doing for the past almost 15 years. Uh, but because we recorded the lion's share of, of the record out in BC, um, it's mostly just Josh and me singing on the song. So we actually uh, recorded Jessie's vocal here in Toronto because we really did want to get her on the, on the record. And this was uh, the best song to, to get her uh, vocal on. Hide your life Bide your time Don't give in To poison minds Love will find its way Dance How do you decide what songs you're going to sing lead, Josh? I mean, because you, you know, Andy sings the majority of the songs, so how do you decide when it's a Josh song? Um, you know, I often wrote songs that I couldn't sing, so that sort of would sometimes determine that. Right. And whether Andy wanted to sing it or could sing it as well would determine it. And then mm -hmm. he would often encourage me to sing songs as well. So it, yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's any formula for it but i think it just ends up happening that way and we yeah that's what i would i would say yeah josh used to do it more frequently than he does now but he often used to write songs where he'd kind of sing under his breath in falsetto oh. well i think part of that was also when my you know certainly around desmond's hip city my kids were young mm -hmm. and I, I always have this i have this great memory of you know sitting in the dining room and the and our living room was sort of just off to the side uh, and my kids would be watching television and I would be working on a song and I'd be sort of quiet in the mm -hmm. background and the, the television would get a little bit louder and then I'd have to sing louder and <laughs> eventually the television would be at like you know stun, like stun level <laughs> and my daughter would come in can you can you knock it off? <laughs> um, Everyone's a critic. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's not, you know, again, like, I think if you're a songwriter and uh, someone sings your songs, that's like the biggest compliment you can have. And mm -hmm. I'm very grateful that Andy's song, songs that I've written, Jesse's song songs that I've written. And, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, Andy's really encouraged me to sing as well, which was not my, always my comfort zone. But mm -hmm. it's become a little bit more that way now, so it's it's good to have uh, it's good to have that opportunity to express that part of my uh, you know my songwriting as well. Dance to sing and soar on the tip of a wing to hold the world by a string and dare to be. To reach beyond the restless need to move on, the search for where we belong. 
I mean, this song also talks about knowing yourself and trusting your intuitions. And the two of you, you've gained this great trust over the years with each other, you know, the musical and personal trust. How much do you defer to each other musically? And can you tell what the other person's going to think when you're starting to hash ideas out? Or do you still surprise each other? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. that. I haven't really thought about it. I think we surprise each other, but... I don't know. I mean, we've been married for uh, how long now, Josh? About 35, 36 years. We've been, we've been partners. So there must you know? be some I've spent as much time with Josh over the past 36 years as I have with my wife. Yeah. And probably... It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know what? I was... I, I think that sometimes it's when you don't say anything that is even more impactful than when you say something. You know, I, I mean, maybe that's maybe a lesson that you learn as you get older too, that sometimes saying less is better than, because things tend to reveal themselves. If something's not working, it, it becomes apparent. You don't have mm -hmm. to. And that's maybe the biggest lesson in, in the creative process is, you know, if you don't like something, by all means express that you don't like it, but it's eventually going to probably become pretty apparent that it's not that good an idea or it's not the right way to go. And it's, I guess, kind of picking your spots and yeah. um, and letting someone find that as well. Like, that's also important that I know this for sure. Like, I could come in with an idea and Andy would say, you know, I really like that or I, you know, or I mean, I don't know that he would say I don't like it, but it just may not resonate with him. But sometimes that's a good thing to hear too, because it, it either means that it's, if I really think it's a good idea, I'll make sure that, you know, I convince them that it's a good idea, or it makes me go and find a different way to express that idea. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. think it's, uh, mm -hmm. maybe that's where the trust lies. Like, uh, he's certainly not required to like every idea of mine or vice versa, you know, like that's, and what? that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, like it's, yeah. that's part of the process, you know, yeah. ideas, ideas will eventually, if they're, if they're good, mm -hmm. they won't establish themselves. Mm -hmm. They'll float to the top. Yeah. And certainly for me, it's been a, a lifetime of trying to shut up, you know, cause I, I oh. tend to, uh, I tend to speak before I think. Luckily, you wake up every day and you learn something new or you try to. And and, mm. and what Josh just said about, you know, just sometimes you just hold on. The best thing is you're constantly being surprised by sometimes what you think is that's okay turns out to be great, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know. And so, yeah. so why you just, would you quash the idea before it's had an opportunity yeah. to... You just haven't just because you haven't recognized it doesn't mean yeah. it's not a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I you know I you know we were talking about Gore Downey earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, he could see the value or, or something in an idea that I often couldn't. You know, in watching him work, uh, and it was that was sort of a remarkable trait, yeah. and it could evolve. And he was he he had sort of he could have. I mean, I I you know in the solo stuff that was my experience with him, but. You know, he would often gravitate to the diamond in the rough sort of idea, and mm -hmm. and and that would draw him to something, and that 
you know, eventually it, it would reveal itself or not as well. Like sometimes they, it just wasn't, it didn't, it didn't work. But to be open to that, I think that's a good thing. It's easy to say no, right? Like it's easy, it's easy mm-hmm. not to like something. Mm-hmm. It's easy to dismiss something. You be know, critical. it sounds like yeah. it's, you know, it's, you know, that whatever, you know, like it's a cliche, it's this, it's that. That will reveal itself in time. As this song will, and people will start to listen and you're bringing out this new music and people want to hear it, but they also want to default to the older stuff too, mm-hmm. right? Sure. So it's about... How do you get people to want to listen and to convince them that this is this is good and worth listening to and uh, you should play it every day kind of thing? <laughs> I guess that's and probably why we're Sundays. doing this. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we could give them a taste of this song. And Hide your life, bide your time, don't give in to poison mine, love will find its way to dance. To sing and soar on the tip of a wing, to hold the world by a string, and dare to be anything, to reach beyond the restless need to move on. Search for where we belong begins before we are gone. Hide your life, bide your time, don't give in to poison my. Love will find its way And dare to be anything Love will find a way That song is, um, it's so motivating. I mean, it's about keeping your spirits high and your momentum strong. And do you think that's becoming harder in these times? Like, can we keep our spirits high? There's so much going on in the world. You talk about poison minds, the right, you know, I, I see that as the rise of the alt-right and things like that. Are, are you thinking of those when you're writing songs like this? Well, in this case, that for sure, that was like, very much during the pandemic that's where uh, uh and you know like just the misinformation or the you know and certainly through the the trump administration i mean just all the all the stuff that you're just sort of bar- bombarded with what was the expression i always love that the the business of outrage you know like that was the uh, hmm. that was an expression that i 
I, you know, again, it kind of resonated with me and, you know, it, it becomes such a distraction to what really we should be addressing as a society at times. And again, like these were sort of two separate thoughts that were, that came together. You know, I described the verses where came from a different place initially, mm -hmm. but, uh, there was lots of time to work on uh, songs during the pandemic. So <laughs> yeah, this was born out of that, I guess. Your vocal on this is is wonderful, and you you know there's other songs you've sung in the past, like that song Horseshoe Bay, which which is it talking about your bass player Ron Macy? Is that one? Well, or tell me about our, that one our, because our first um, our first trip to as a band to um, BC with Ron, uh, I remember you know like he was his hometown. He had uh, grown up in North Van. I remember specifically him taking us where we drove to Horseshoe Bay and we ended up at a, a bar, you know, close to where the, the ferries are, but it was a, a spot that he would go as a kid and, you know, just talked about it, you know, so seeing Vancouver through his eyes. And at that point, you know, he hadn't lived there for, you know, probably Long 10 time. or 15, 20 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. So it had been a while. So, you know, he was nostalgic for Vancouver and this would have been 1990, 91. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, at that point, it had changed con considerably as well. And, you know, you ask, is it about Ron? You know, often a Andy said this too, and I think this isn't uncommon. You you write a song thinking it's about one thing at the time, but more often it's about yourself. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I would say this is more about me than it is about Ron. But I, I obviously make reference to both Vancouver and, and Toronto and in this one, but yeah. And now, from 2003's Bittersweet Harmony, here's Horseshoe Bay with Josh and Andy. You're a long way from North Vancouver You're a long way from home A long way from the choices You made so long ago Is that what's haunting you? Stare out on the horseshoe bay I'm a long way from North Toronto I'm a long way from home A long way from the choices I made so long ago Is that what's haunting me? I'm stuck in traffic near King and Bay Cause all we're proving Is we're bound for losing all we made All we're proving Is we're bound for losing everything Thanks, guys. I love that song. What a great version. I did kind of miss the trumpet solo, though. The album is called Hide Your Light. The band is Skydiggers, and this has been Employee of the Myth. 
Employee of the Myth is hosted by Jane Gowan and recorded at Blue Rodeo's Woodshed Studios in Toronto, Ontario. The podcast is engineered by Tim Vesley and mixed by Jane Gowan. If you enjoyed this conversation, please rate, review, share, subscribe, and play it loud. My name is Joel Stewart. Thanks for listening. Don't look to me for the answer. I don't know nothing anymore. I'll do my best in the meantime and wonder what it's been for. Je t'aime toujours, mon amour. Je t'aime toujours, mon amour.